Hello, guys, and welcome to Behind the Bunker. It's Monday night. We are live here in our quarantine studio. I am by myself, but not for long. I have uh, several people joining me on Zoom tonight. If you guys are watching us, please hit that like and share button. We're also streaming live on our website, BehindTheBunker.com. We're streaming on YouTube right now, and we're streaming on Facebook. And if you don't have the wherewithal to sit with us for an entire hour. This is also being uploaded to iTunes, Podomatic, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you guys get your better podcasts from. So come and join us. Check us out there. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, do hit uh, that subscribe button. And we're watching you guys on Facebook and YouTube for all of your comments as the show is going on. So if you want to get any uh, questions in or comments up, please, uh, please go ahead and do so. Now with me, it's not just me. I have uh, special guest Tom K in the top left corner. How are you, Tom? Doing great. Very good. And on the other side of this bookshelf, we have uh, Bud Orr on my uh, on my left here. Hey, glad to be on. He just going great. He says that now. Wait till the end of the show. Then we have uh, <laughs> Matt the Crypt. How are you, sir? Hi, hello. Hopefully, my audio is working, and I am looking forward to hearing plenty of stories and tales from the. From these two renowned gentlemen. Very good. And Joe Kimson from Flaggers Paintball. Greetings and thanks for tuning in tonight to uh, Beautiful Behind the Bunker. And we are live with um, some paintball legends. Yeah, yeah, we have, speaking of legends, Josh Zubi Zabrikas. Yes, I'm super <laughs> excited to be here tonight. Uh, I've been uh, dreaming about this all day. So, yeah, um, I'm ready to rock and well, let's go. Very good. And I didn't wear the same hoodie tonight, Josh. And then we also have Gavin Sharma from Terratech Industries. I am here and I don't know how functional I will be because I'm uh, very, very giddy, like nipples hard, because we have two important guests uh, who just make me quite happy to be involved in the sport of paintball. So uh, I will try to at least hold the show together a little bit, uh, but I'm fanboying out right now. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Um, I, before we go too far, I just want to um, uh, thank both these gentlemen for everything they've done. And at the same time, I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you too. Do you realize how much money you two have liberated from my wallet over the last 25 years? <laughs> uh, in all good. seriousness, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We thank you very much. And uh, I'm sorry, did, yeah. we, did we introduce Gavin Sharma? We did. Okay, very uh, yes, good. It's, a, it's Mr. Hard Nipples to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's how. That's why I uh, I dozed off there. I was in dreamland for a moment. So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Todd Ansich. I'll be your host this evening, as well as all these uh, fantastic fellows. We're going to sit down here and chat with Bud Orr and Tom K. And if you guys are longtime viewers of our show, we've been on for seven or eight years, and we keep talking about wanting to have either of these gentlemen on the show and we never got off our asses to do it until we realized that it's quarantine time. What else are they doing? They're not going to say no. And, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> we got both simultaneously. So thank you guys for being on the show. Now, Tom, unfortunately, I don't think any of our panelists have met you in person. Um, so this is our first time kind of having a chat with you, which is awesome. Bud, you, uh, Joe and I actually did meet back in 2003, not that you're going to remember this, but Joe and I was down for the LA open and, uh, our salesman, Michael Radgowski, um, probably one of you, not one of your best, but either way, he was one of your salesmen. invited mediocre. us down mediocre. 
he invited us to your shop and we took a tour of your shop and uh, met you and your son and also the new mini e oracles that were coming off the line at the time and uh, you guys were gracious enough to let us uh, take a couple home and this was before Facebook we took some photos of it put it on our chat forum and uh, put our put our flag writer logo on it and it went everywhere because they were the only pictures that you guys had released at the time. And did we ever get crap for that? <laughs> we, we, we weren't we weren't the Canadian distributor at the time. Badlands was the Canadian distributor. And we happened to be in the right place at the right time and took some pictures, uploaded them to the World Wide Web at the time, way before the days of social media. We all had like Nextel and mic phones back then. But we um we uploaded them and we we t- we took some heat, but um it was it was well worth it. And at the time you were making um I guess choppers in in, in part of the manufacturing facility as well. Yeah, that was back when West Coast choppers and Orange County choppers were a big thing. Yeah, still doing it. Are I'm you really? my last bike right now. Good for you. Oh, nice. Cool. Good for you. So that's what keeps What's you occupied. A bike with a V8 in it. Jeez. No, I already got the one with a V8. Yeah, no, I was said, you had one with a V8 in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zero to sixty in three seconds. That's it. Crazy. <laughs> well, zero to a hundred in about four and a half. So it's still rookie. Fast. Still rookie numbers, bud. Still rookie. <laughs> well, I got a boat. It uh, it runs a hundred and ninety-one and six point seven seconds. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> in a quarter in a quarter of a mile. That's only in a he uses quarter. it for fishing. He just drags the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the entire ocean. <laughs> I, I like to get there before everybody else. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So wow. are, now are you still physically playing? Have you have you played paintball in the last little while? Well, um, I was supposed to have been in um, uh, paintballs for us that tournament they have there and i'm going up supposedly in june 12th up to sacramento and playing that one nice and then i'm going um back to illinois and play there and um i think it's july 24th nice and um i play around here once in a while with my grandkids and stuff but what do you play with what do you shoot what is your what is your go-to um it's one jeff made me a long time ago it's um it's it's pretty neat. I got kind of like the sister one right here. I just I don't know why my wife left it on the bench, but it's um. It's, Isn't that it's, terrible when your wife just leaves that. paintball guns lying around the house? That, that looks oh, yeah. an off. That looks an awful lot like in a automatic '68 classic. Is that? <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think it's that one. No, okay, I wasn't quite sure. You know, my monitor's a little off, but. But it's um, it, it's badass, you know. It um, carnivore barrel. You know, I, 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 um, you know I, it's a. I forgot what the hell it is. To be honest, you got to forgive me on that one. Oh, that's all I right. I did take it everywhere and play with it, and it um, if if that might get you in trouble. Off. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Tom? What do you do to keep yourself um, occupied? And are you playing as well? Oh, no, I think the last uh, game I played was back in Chicago for uh, one of the, um, the uh, what is that, uh, Legends game? What is that? Oh, Living Legends. Legends. Living Legends, yeah. That's probably the last time I played. 
but I'm doing a lot of science stuff. As most people know, I'm a big science guy. So when you, you know, when you say, hey, Tom, you get to stay home and work on all your projects, you know, it's like getting locked up in a candy store for me. So uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of that stuff uh, going on right now. But you're Tom so, K, yeah. the science guy. I'm Tom K, the science guy. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Do you guys know that when he logged in today, he thought his camera wasn't on yet, and he was still wearing his lab coat. He quickly tossed the pocket protector out and put the lab coat down. And yeah, I do have a lab coat that when the when the movie cameras, I'm on TV all the time for DB Cooper, and I have a lab coat that I put on just for those shoots. Right? <laughs> because you're not a scientist once you have a lab coat. That's awesome. That's what awesome. Kind of science, what kind of science do you do? Tell, tell us a little bit about it. I do it. Uh, two areas. I do uh, astronomy and I do paleontology. So uh, in paleontology, I use lasers to make fossils fluoresce. And okay. when they fluoresce, you can see things that you can't normally see. Like, like a hotel room. And things like that. And then in the astronomy side, I we observe stars for changes in brightness and if you see the right kind of change in brightness that means a planet is going around that star so summer times i spend on paleo and the winter times i spend in astronomy and where where are you you situated now are you uh air guns design was in wheeling illinois wasn't it if i recall correctly yeah, no i'm in uh, the southeast corner of arizona now down by tombstone okay so i'm town nobody's ever heard of called sierra vista but the next one over is tombstone the okay corral and all that oh cool yeah. Do you ever go yeah. into town for gunfights or anything? Or they have gunfights every week at the OK Corral. There, you could. That's what we're known for here. My town park is a shooting range. Nice. <laughs> we don't fool around down here. Jeez, good for you. Wow. So this is awesome. This is fantastic. I've got so many things to ask. So many. So you know. So so many things I want to talk to you guys about. Before I do that, though. One of the reasons why we wanted to time this to have you guys on the show was because last Monday, a week from uh, today, the history of paintball documentary was released. And as you guys know, you both had, you know, a little tiny part in that movie um, and uh, wanted to kind of now I know, Bud, you hadn't seen it yet. I, I spoke to you today. Um, Tom, have you seen it? I, you know what? Uh, I couldn't download it because I, I'm in the middle of nowhere and we have a very slow connection. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. John just sent me a thumb drive here that I just got this afternoon. So I watched probably three quarters of it this afternoon. Very good. And did they portray you properly? Are you happy with how he yes. made you come across? Yes. I, I can't I can't complain at all. Actually, the whole documentary was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. You know, uh, I would have done it much worse. Right. <laughs> if you gave me the job, I would have done a much worse job. John did a great job on it. Yeah. Uh, he came down to see me when we were filming. And because I've done videography stuff before on TV and also, you know, with the old automatic videos and stuff, I had kind of an interest in how he was going to do it and what his approaches were going to be. And uh, so we talked about it. I knew it was going to be good right when we are talking about it. But he, he didn't put it together in a linear fashion. You know, he kind of pulled threads out of a out of a cloth and you could see each individual thread. Uh, so he did it in a very nice way. And I think I was worried about two and a half hours, but it, you know, it goes by pretty darn quick. Yeah. 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 W was there anything in there that you thought I didn't know that or kind of took you by surprise? Any, any hidden facts that you may not have known about? Oh, well, some of the, like one of the interesting stories, uh, was how John Rice got hooked up with uh, Jed and those guys. Right. I, 
I know, I know John, uh, but we never sat down and talked about history and stuff. So kind of hearing, it's hearing the European side, I knew most everything that was going on in the American side, because, you know, I, since 85, I was talking to everybody in the industry all the time. So yeah. I kind of knew all the American side stuff, but the European side stuff was, uh, was much more obscure. So I did learn some stuff there. Very cool. Um, a lot of you guys in the, in the chat forum, I, I, I'm not really looking down as often as I should be, and I apologize. Uh, but again, if you guys can get over 100 live views uh, on Facebook uh, at, at a time, I'll take the hat off and you guys can see what mess is underneath. And then um, if you guys can also, because we're all sort of involved in the show, can you please hit like and share and share it to any paintball forums that you think would find this relevant? Any friends, if you have any out there, uh, let's uh, let's get some numbers on this show and let's uh, let people know that we have Bud and Tom on tonight. And uh, if you guys have any questions, the whole panel, we're all going to try to watch uh, the, the comment section. If there's anything in there, that guys, that you see that uh, we should really ask, uh, definitely do that. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Pulaski, first time playing, I got plugged in the noggin from a snipe from about 80 feet away. I promptly brought a sniper too shortly after that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, Tom and Bud, I have to say this. Our studio is split. Um, if you were to ask half the guys in our studio... You know, and I'm not going to point any fingers, Matt and Josh. Uh, if you say Tom K or Bud or who has the who has the better format, Matt's going to side with Tom with Josh. Myself, I think Joe and I and myself might be siding with Bud or has there always so, been kind of a feud with you guys or. No, no, you guys don't understand. You guys blew it from day one, right? <laughs> from day one, Bud will back me up. All right. You guys always thought that the only uh, the only problem between the automag and the autococker was the users. <laughs> and there's the other right thing. Right? Think about this. Once I explain this to you, you'll go, oh, all right. If Bud and I created a big fight between each other, then people would only buy one gun, right? They only buy the cocker or the mag, right? So if there's 100 players and 50 of them buy a mag and 50 of them buy a cocker, I sold 50 guns. If everybody of those hundred players likes us both and buys both guns, now we've each sold a hundred guns. So right? you guys were so, fixing the market then. That's right. But by, <laughs> by being friendly to each other, everybody would buy both guns, and that was the best scenario for both of us. Figure that out. Um, big time, big time. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, we we well, Tom and I go play on a field somewhere. And and I'd be playing with an automag, and he'd be playing with a cocker. Or a, <laughs> a, and they'd say, "Well, aren't you but or? Yeah. Well, you're playing with automag. Well, yeah. It's a great gun. <laughs> well, why are you playing? Because it's a great gun. You know. And they do the same thing. Why aren't you playing with? Why are you playing with that? Yeah. Well, I like it. You know. And they they both go out and buy. It. I mean, you know how many people today still have both our guns. Yeah, probably. So, I would say over fifty percent of the people that played paintball in the old days. So I want to say they still have them. I want to say you guys could have saved a lot of anger and animosity towards players if you just came up with a joint statement like twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been saying, no. we've been saying this since nineteen ninety, right? We've been saying this every time we get together. We've always said that. Okay, but right? yeah. you know when you guys watch a watch a long running show like Game of Thrones or Sopranos, and the ending finally comes, 
That's what just yeah. happened right now when I asked you that question, and it wasn't the ending that I thought it was going to be. I thought there was going to be some sparks and some punches thrown and insults. So can we start over again and just fake, just fake it? Right? You guys hate each other. Fun. Put them out of business. Oh. From there That's what we're looking for. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that'll get taken all out of context and it'll be on, on the news tonight. Yeah. Tom hates Bud. <laughs> on, on, on CNN, Anderson yeah. Cooper will be reporting that. Yeah. You guys could be brothers. You have the same sort of uh, facial hair going right now. And uh... he's Bud's way stronger than me. Bud could break my ass. <laughs> All right. So we talked about who has the better gun, but which one of you two guys are more handsome? Oh, I think Tom is. Cause he got more hair. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the better looking wife, right? So <laughs> no, I don't know about that. You won. Uh, Carol, you won. Carol, you know, she's, she's awesome, man. You know, I'd I'd watched her for a long time. <laughs> this 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 slowly got uncomfortable. <laughs> I I'm not stall I'm not stalling. By the way, guys in the chat, we're just this is like the highlight of my day. So I apologize. We'll get to it in just a second here. That's fantastic. Good for you guys. Um, were you guys you guys have obviously been friends for a long time? Were you guys trading? Not necessarily trade secrets, but were you guys talking about? you know, giving each other pointers or insights in the industry or was it kind of closed, closed door? Well, I'll tell you my end of it, you know, I, I probably, uh, there's two people in, uh, really important to me in life and that's uh, Tom K and, and Ray Gong. And, you know, and Tom, I was, I was, you think I'm stupid today on computers? Let me tell you what. I, I started out drawing all my all my gun drawings were drawings on a board, you know, and Tom, oh, I met Tom, he actually flew out, got me started and, and he brought a computer um, drawing system. And I forgot what the name of it was, but he got me to draw it on the, on the computer. And then he had sent me all kinds of stuff. And actually, Tom probably knew way more about my business than I did because um, I think there's a couple of times he flew in in December and helped me do my books, you know? So I had nothing absolutely zero to ever hide from Tom ever, you know? And if I ran into a problem, he had call, I'd call him and he'd answer it. He'd send me all kind of data on it. And then um, I think the most important thing was one time he said that, um, Hey, Buck, Here's, here's what we got to do. He said, you got a machine shop. He says, and you're going to, you know, make all your parts yourself. I said, yeah. He said, you go that way. He said, there's only two ways you can go. You can do that way or send all your parts out. And, and I'm going to send all my parts out. You do all yours. And, and that's the only way to be successful because if you do half and half on either side, you're going to lose it. So that's, um, but Tom, like my brother i mean he really is i mean i if anybody said i said anything bad about tom i'd, I'd smack him <laughs> well we, we we do have sound clips right now uh bites from uh, from tom hating you right? so that's going that's going across the internet uh, very shortly hi i'm tom k who's this <laughs> bud or you speak of <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I love that guy, man. He's, uh, there's nothing like him in the world. Well, you have to remember back then, we it didn't matter who was winning or losing on a per company basis. We were trying to make paintball win overall. Right. right. You we guys were, were fighting a whole other war. Yeah. It was the acceptance yeah, we of paintball or having the industry collapse around us. You know, there was did we ever talk about patents ever? Did we ever say we should be patenting no. stuff so that so the competition can't get it? Nothing like that, right? Well what so, I found well, yeah, yeah, but what I found really interesting in the film was you you Tom didn't really want to get into the politics and the and the rigmarole with high pressure air. And you kind of handed over the, the the whole air system to was it Air America for them to kind of help help that get started, and that was you know not done selfishly. That was to kind of help help everything, right? You know exactly, right? That was probably the biggest mistake I ever made was not patenting the compressed air system, right? Even if I'd still given it to Dan, I should have compressed. If I had had that patent, then when you know lawsuits showed up later on in that decade. I would have had something to fight back with, but not yeah. having anything to fight back with, you know, that's why all the little guys like us in Indian Creek, you know, couldn't couldn't survive in the long haul against the bigger companies with stronger patents and big uh, yeah. big pocketbooks. Yeah. Hey, um, Brian Famstow in the chat says, uh, "Great, uh, great show. Two legends and five nons." I'm just kidding. That was me. And um, we have um, who is it that just asked the great question? He said, um, "Oh, Roger Weber wants to know." No, it wasn't. It was someone else. Uh, Joe said, how many mags did Airgun produce over its life? Do you have any oh, idea of how many mags you guys put out? 150, about 150,000. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I remember buying, um, I had to, um, I had lots of auto mags through through my time, but I still kept my, my mini mag. But I remember every auto mag, in, including the, the sidearm pistol I got, taped elastic around the regulator or the grip was chronograph record showing three shots always it was kind of neat you'd, you'd open your auto mag box and inside on the regulator or on the back would be you know this little like a cash register receipt with you know three shots out of a chronograph printed off pretty cool just sort yeah. of that that proved that the gun actually worked out of the box but see yeah but know, but but didn't believe we actually test stuff if, if <laughs> to this day with my shoebox compressor if it comes out of the box not working they go what did you touch this thing yeah you know but they, see they at war right game products instead of bud doing that he gave a follicle of hair to every box that he sold a gun to just so that they knew that bud had something to do with it <laughs> that's right i'm bald <laughs> yeah. yeah you we as i say we went down to your shop bud you had a great you know you had a great shop going there you had guys you know mechan you know putting the guns together right there assembling together if i'm not mistaken some of them uh, you you had some machines machining down there did you not oh yeah oh, yeah 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 <laughs> now the day yeah. that joe and i were there you guys were un unveiling the the mini mat or the 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 was mini it e the mini e oracle but yet you were tinkering with a motorcycle if i remember correctly you got up shook our hands and then uh your hands were covered in in, in grease and a shop rag and you went back and you were uh tinkering on your motorcycle has that always been a passion for you um yeah i i I've, I've always built a lot of things most of most of my cars over the years i've built myself you know and 
well, I built a lot of cars and, um, I got into building bikes, I think in, uh, 2000, no, actually, uh, 99, but I've always had a Harley and, and all kinds of different bikes. And I, I run, race desert, you know, ride dirt bikes still do. So, yeah. yeah, but, um, no, I, um, I love bikes. Um, I've got one out there now that I'm finishing up. It's a devil themed bike. And, um, and I've been actually, don't laugh, but I've been building that thing for the guy for 15 years. <laughs> and um, he changed his mind a lot, you know. And, um, I think it's on uh, Facebook. Um, there's um, um, Amer- uh, the Chopper guys, um, God, Orange County Chopper. Uh, okay. They, they brought up a, a, a website and actually my bike, the one I'm building right now is on that. It's the first pictures you'll see. So nice, nice. Then a man, but no, I've always built bikes and stuff. Cool. So with I like the to go, go fast, my, my biggest thing is going fast. So. Well, the bike you were speaking of at the top of the show didn't sound like it was going very fast. Only what's zero to 60 in three seconds. Was it? Yeah. 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 Hey, so with the, the advent of this 60, 60 to zero in like half a mile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, probably more than that. <laughs> so with this paintball documentary that came out last week, kind of, I, I want to hear from you guys. You guys were near the beginning of paintball when you guys were manufacturing paintball markers. Did you kind of think this is where we'd be with paintball? How big it is now? Are you surprised by it? Are you, do you think it's not as big as it should have been? What's your thoughts? Like, what, what were your, what were your eyes back then? Were you thinking optimism? I want to step on the question a little bit, Todd. Oh, no. Was it just, was it just for you guys when you were tinkering uh, with your markers and products, or did you see this as viable for a uh, for the paintball community? Go um, ahead, bud. You can take that uh, one. I, I thought it was – well, when I first got into paintball in 1984, and then I started tinkering and stuff, and I think I built my first gun and or marker in um, 87 – um and um i i always thought it was going to be bigger you know i mean it, it grew really quick and um and there was a lot of safety issues and uh tom i remember at times um he he'd save the day because somebody some town or some state's gonna vote on something and he'd take i think one time when he got, flew out and got Jessica and Jessica and him flew into some town just in time to save paintball from being banned from it. So there's you know, something like that. And But I always thought it was going to be big. And um, But when they went to shooting 15 balls a second, 20 balls a second, I, I, I had, had my doubts at that because you take the fun out of it. The fun is, to me, the fun is woods ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, bottom line is, um, I mean, that's it for me. I mean, I still love, love woodsball. You know, I'd, I'd play woodsball anytime. Oh, know? sure. When you see it on TV or in the movies, it's not speedball that they're portraying. It's, it's, it's yeah. people playing in the woods. And Tom, what about you? Well, well you know, in the early days, uh, I got, I was playing paintball. I never thought about it as a business. And then I lost a big customer. I was manufacturing stuff lost a big customer. So I went to PMI when they were very, very small. They were in a 3,000 square foot building, three, three employees. 
And uh, I said, well, I can make you this paintball mask. And uh, they said, well, let me see a prototype. So I ran back to the shop and over the weekend, I whipped out a prototype and they, they bought 500 of them on the weekend. And it was like, great, <laughs> I'm not going out of business. And <laughs> then uh, that's what got us into the paintball market. Now I played a couple of times, thought it was great, a lot of fun. Didn't think so much about where the industry was going. But then after I got into things, it was a big discussion that this was a fad, right? If you talk to people back then, it was a fad. Anybody been around from that day, they say pinball, you know, they even know the word meant paintball. Now it's part of the lexicon of American society. Back then, nobody knew the, the word or anything. And they, oh, that's a fad. That's a fad, right? We came and went already. So everybody that I talked to, like Perlmutter and Freeman of PMI, they thought, well, we got about four or five more years, it'll be done, <laughs> right? But, you know, to everybody's surprised, it kept going and going and going. I said, you know, it's a lot smaller today. I, well, I'm not even sure of that. Maybe you guys can tell me. It seems to me that it's smaller today than it was in the heydays of the 2000s. But it, uh, it, it peaked. It, it peaked in 2007, 2006, 2007. It peaked 2008 when we had the recession. It dropped. It's it's considerably smaller, but yeah. Now but than it's, it was. But you know, it's airsoft has taken a chunk out of it and things like that. It has, but the mechanical and the mag-fed genres of paintball seem to be growing again. People are going back to the roots. Although speedball is having great numbers, the NXL is boasting the best numbers they've had in a long time. But I feel that with the ICC and all these other mechanical tournaments, people seem to be going back to the grassroots of paintball. And I think the paintball fields, much like Joe and I, kind of realize that it's not like tournament has never been a moneymaker for us. It's always been the rentals and the guys with their own equipment, the mechanicals, the, you know, those guys that come out, the diehards that uh, that's what pays the bills. Right. Um, well, that's, you know, that's what Bud's referring to. Bud's referring to the fact that you could come out as a newbie mm -hmm. and play in a game with a bunch of other people and not just get wiped out. Yeah. And that was a big topic of discussion in the mid nineties. And it was a topic of discussion once semi autos, you really got going electric guns, especially when they would shoot uh, like LaSoya said, a million rounds a second yeah um that you know we were having discussions as an industry what should we do and the force feed loaders were coming and i warned everybody once force feed loaders that's the only restriction that you have yeah. uh for speed on these paintballs was the speed the loader could feed the balls yeah once force feed loaders became a thing it, it was a new game and uh there yeah. was a bifurcation i think at that point so the field owners went off and did their thing with their new guys and the tournament guys went off and did their thing. Yeah. And the two didn't really connect after, I'd say, after the yeah. mid to late 90s. For us, Joe and I talk about this uh, a lot. Back in the IAO, we remember listening to, um, was it Waz or Tadeo? One of the guys um, or companies were talking about putting ramping boards together. And Chuck, Chuck Hetch was up there and he was like, well, we need to have boards that stop people or limit them from being able to overshoot and change their settings and stuff. And as soon as we heard this controversy, it's like, you know what? We just killed our sport. You know, now with electronics, there's no way to stop or keep every gun legal. I mean, at least with a mechanical gun, it comes down to a, a physical ability that the player has to have. As soon as you put a battery in a gun, that changed our sport. Yeah, but you guys still made the RT Pro illegal. <laughs> sounds, <Not> like, <laughs> sounds like sounds like pants. Any, can't get an RT Pro in any tournament. I don't care where you're at. You can't get in any tournament. That thing's illegal. 
You know, all I can do is make it better, and then you make it illegal. That means I made it too good. Is that the question? Okay, Tom, how many years ago was it go? Let it go. <laughs> but we are now creeping up to 40 years of paintball, and you gentlemen have created two amazing platforms of, uh, of the sport. And talking about mechanical, the return to mechanical, who are they looking at? They're looking at both of your products uh, to get them onto the field, right? So um, that's got to be a nice tap on the back and, uh, you know, like a fill your bucket moment uh, that although 40 years later, we're still returning to the stuff that you guys have created. So yeah. are you guys going to step on the field with your gear? Start a, start a team? You know, I, I would I would like to try the uh, the mag fed thing, especially because they're shooting. You know, my my rounds, the first strike rounds, came from my company originally. Um, I'd like to see what that's about, right? Because it's like a one shot, one kill kind of thing. I've never actually played a paintball game that's a one shot, <laughs> one kill deal. I, I think Bud will agree. Even in the early days of, of pump, we were trying to throw as much paint down range as we could. Jeez. The the mag fed. The MagFed genre version of the game is fantastic. It really reverts back to the early days of creeping around the bush, hide and go seek tag. Um, it, that, that's where it takes you back. You get, you know, you can dress up if you want. You can be a Navy SEAL for a day, but the MagFed really, really changes the game and it changes how you play and how you think. It really re almost reverts back to the the ten round tube days of you know the pmi one or the nelsons or anything like that it's, it's a fun way to play paintball yeah. hey uh the comments are going really quick in the live chat and i, I kind of want to throw a couple questions at these guys while we have them if, so i apologize for cutting this off but taylor christian in the chat says bud what is your favorite cocker body cut that you guys had you know was it the carnivore the pro stock the oracle probably i would say the carnivore i mean i I really liked that one. That was uh, probably the, one of the last ones Jeff designed. So. But do you have any kicking around brand new in a box still? Yeah, <laughs> a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you know who surprises me is Jeff. I think he's got some stash somewhere. Yeah. I ended up. I had a lot of guns, uh, markers. I call them guns. Yeah, they're it's guns. It's okay. We're not. We're not offended. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I over the last ten years, I ended up giving majority of them away. You know, I got come in and booing, and I here take this. You know, it's all, yeah. and they go, whoa, I smiling, and you know what? Uh, ten years ago, and they're still smiling. Yeah, and they're still playing with that same gun. You know, so. You know, I, I have autocockers, and and I have guns from you guys. But if either of you guys gave me one, it would be. It, it, I, I get it. It would be you'd be uh, over the moon, right? No, no, no. I'm not it, asking it, for it, what it, I'm saying. No, like, no, no. if it, I had if a, you're gonna fish that hard, get an actual pole. And... <laughs> no, I'm not asking for a gun. But let, if I had a story, no, 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 no. six, no, not one, six of them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, gotta watch what you say with these piranhas here. Jeez, but I, I have to say, you guys, you, the equipment that you guys have, as Gavin said, are people are still playing with them today. The quality build are fantastic, and Tom. I'm going to give you a highlight of, of, of the best thing I ever saw a guy. Do, well, sorry. The most indestructible thing of, of, of one of your guns was a guy named Tony. He used to play a long time ago and he had an auto mag. I don't know which one he had. And he had a warp feed on it. He had gotten off the field and he was known for his temper and things did not go well that day on the field. And I don't know if it was him or a teammate or whatever it was, but he was so mad. He took his gun and he punted it. 
He just gave it a huge kick. And it launched forward and came back and hit him because he had a remote coil attached to his gun. <laughs> and to this day, I still remember that. And I find it the, one of the funniest highlights of my, uh, of, of my paintball career, just watching him do that. That's and cool. uh, it's still shot. It still worked when, when he kicked it. But uh, That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stories like that, you know. Yeah, we uh, see a lot know, of... And the guns are still around, you know. You know, I, most of the mags and cockers are are still around. They don't yeah. disappear. Well, look at your Ebays and your Craigslist. I mean, they all are out there. They're working. People are still using them. Um, you know, there's not a year that goes by where, you know, our shop doesn't see several of them come back through where guys are like, hey, can you, you know, can you fix this? Well, what's wrong with it? Well, nothing. You just give it a tune-up. You know, I haven't played with it for a while. So you put some air in it, um, and in your case, Tom, with your gun, a little bit of lube, and away she goes, right? And, uh, you know, you shine it up for them and, and polish it up, and they're happy to play again. So a question from the chat, uh, clarification, uh, clarification question, Tom. Uh, you had made mention of uh, shaped projectiles that uh, you started. Uh, can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, the, what you guys know today is the first strike rounds are the consumer evolution of the FN-303 round, which we developed, in, you know, I don't know how long it was ago now, it was probably early 2000s. So we, we developed the, the spinning, what you see as the uh, first strike round, we had a heavier version of that, an eight gram version of it that shot out of the FN-303 and was used for crowd control and that was only sold into military and police. And it's actually very popular. We actually have a thousand of those uh, guns here on the border, protecting the border. Uh, so then uh, what happened is Perfect Circle then decides to go into the consumer side of it. So they made a three gram version, which more closely matches that of the regular paintball. And now that's the one that you guys see in the mag stuff all the time in the first strike round. So that originally started the Perfect Circle paintball, which started from the plastic paintball. And we started that project in 1989. Wow. So that thing has been around wow. a long time. Speaking of first strike, we talked about your uh, foray into high pressure air, but uh, what about these guys? <laughs> the warp feed, warp feed, one of the coolest products ever made that uh, it had a very short lifetime for the amount of investment. Well, there was it, not enough plastic. Those things were built like brick shit houses. I mean, I think you could drive over those things and they wouldn't break. That was the point, right? Everything <laughs> I ever made, I made it with the best materials possible. And uh, that was the problem. Originally, when we were selling to 35 and 40-year-olds in the 80s and the early 90s, stainless steel was a high-quality item. By the time we got to 2000s, little kids would go, stainless steel is what my mother's kitchen utensils are made out of. It didn't mean anything to them, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, making the warp fee, we knew it was going to get banged around, right? If you, if you were jumping into a bunker, it had to survive. So, yeah, we made that. We thought it was going to be a big deal getting the hopper off the gun, but it wasn't. And this is the lesson I learned there. It wasn't the look and feel of paintball. And to this day, the way you hold the hopper, you know, angled in, all that stuff, yep. that is the look and feel of paintball, and they don't they don't get off of that. Yep. They, don't get, yep. they don't come away from that, right? Every. Yeah. Every version of paintball today is only slightly different than the paint, the version they made last year. Yeah. Do you know how many physiotherapists right. owe their kids' college tuition to the damage that is caused by their hands holding that warp feed in their arm? Just that <laughs> sheer weight of them. 
Yeah. Who no, but- handle it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the Z grip. Oh, the Z. What were you thinking? How much whiskey did you have when you designed the Z no. grip? No. How do you hold a paintball gun? <laughs> Normally. Right. That's how you hold. If you if you hold your hands up to your to your face like this, is how you shoot the gun. Which way is the angle of the grip? Not like this. This is stupid. Dumb, ridiculous. You'd never make it that way to start, right? I think I hit another sore spot, didn't I? Perfect execution of what paintball should have been had you been listening. All right. So if you guys are watching at home, pay attention. Do not bring up the Z grip with Tom, nor do you bring up the the X mag at tournaments with Tom because he will go ballistic. I think there's a vein popping in his forehead right now. RT Pro. X mag was never a problem. Oh, sorry. The RT Pro. My mistake. Oh boy, but are you enjoying this? That he's getting the spotlight of all this shit. <laughs> oh no, I uh, I gave him a little shit because he quit making them, and I made some bodies for him and uh, the carnivore side feeds. And um, I just found one. I, I made it about a year ago. I, some guy had it, and I bought it from him. And it's in the museum from Bill <laughs> Bailey. So nice. But, um, them things are nice. I, I loved it, but I can't find them. I got three more bodies, I think, I'd like to make with um, warp feet on them. But we'll see. That's great. I come across them. John uh, Amadea in the chat just brought up uh, the six pack. Is there a story <laughs> behind that? <laughs> I know who has the who is the original one. I heard that story. <laughs> does. Yeah. Go I ahead, Tom. I don't. I don't know who has the first one, but oh, so I thought I, I thought I heard Bud say that he had it. You got it, Bud. You have the first one. Did I give it to you? Yeah, yeah. You said <laughs> it. I mean, it's never. It's still kind of rusty looking. Okay, I stand corrected. And I <laughs> and you one? sent me a a box of the valves, you know, because okay. I was going to make some. Uh, oh, my pump change. He said, "Well, I got the valves." I said, "Okay." So he sent me. I, I still got about two dozen of them. <laughs> and uh, the pump changes I made, but no, um, no, Tom, that, that was a great idea. That was uh, that was killer. You know, yeah, so six pack. You know, we'd already made the micro CA, so it, the, the story starts with the micro CA because we were making products for PMI, and uh, we had done a bunch of things for them and worked with Sheridan. Uh, Sheridan didn't know what they were doing either; still don't to this day. Um, so we had gone up to share. We we're working with them to make their guns better. We were working with PMI. So everything that we did with PMI, they took it and sold it. I was never considering getting into the paintball industry, right? So yeah. we were making the masks and all that. So uh, I, I developed this quick changer, the, the um, micro CA, and I brought it to uh, PMI and I said, this thing's going to be uh, 50 bucks wholesale. There's going to be 65, 70 retail. And they said, oh, that's too much money. We're, we're not interested in it. That's nobody's going to sell it. A, you know, quick changer for that. So that kind of put us off. So we had to go back and, and say, well, what are we going to do? We got this product fully developed. So that's when I started Airgun Designs and started going into the market selling the quick changer. Well, lo and behold, it was huge success, right? It was big, big deal back then. So I'm looking at the at the thing and I go, well, the only thing that could be better would be is if I could change these cartridges automatically. So it was, was like after dinner and it, it, it spent about half hour, 45 minutes putting together a couple of pieces of sheet metal I had with a crappy spring. And I got it to cycle. And I said, 
if I can make this thing work in 20 minutes, I can probably make a product out of this. And that's what got the six pack. Now the problem with the six pack was that it killed, and Bud's gonna laugh here, it killed 12 gram cartridge tournaments, right? Because by the time you could change the, the cartridge that fast, yeah. there was no restriction in 12 gram. And that wasn't mentioned in the um, in the documentary that tournament level stuff was 12 gram back in the yeah. early 90s, late 80s. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like he, John had 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 shown in the film what a piss off people was when when Constant Air came in with CO2. You know how there was such an uproar that you've changed the game now that you've got a Constant Air. I mean, I can only imagine if you had this quick change, you know, 12 gram, how much that would have changed change the map of, 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 of playing my gosh. Sorry, Joe, your microphone's off. Are you there? Joe, your microphone's off. Oh, oh there you go. I remember we went, um, to a tournament in Ohio. It was in the late eighties. I don't know where it was, but we took a 30 man team to this tournament and we all had 12 gram, you know, 12 gram, guns and stuff but there was i don't know 20 teams each with 30 guys i don't know in this day and age how if it would be possible to get 30 people together to go to a tournament to play against other 30 man teams but that's what we did and that was in the late mid probably the the 87 88 crazy before long long before constant air had sort of come in 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 the thing or just just before constant air hey uh Joe, Brad Kelly in the live chat has a great comment. He says, what does Bud think of all the other off-brand cockers? Well, hope to make money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, um, it, my thing is, you know, I don't make him anymore. And, there's, and, and well, I got a lot of bodies left, but I don't have anything else. But um, um if somebody can make something that keeps the sport going time, I don't care. I mean, I, I, that, that's my deal. I mean, if they make, if they, if they can make a good cocker, then go for it, you know, but there's some of them out there that try to get too expensive. You know, they put too many doodahs on them rather than going back to the basic and let somebody else put the doodahs on them. Yeah. You know, I just I just want people to build something that people can go out and have fun with. And and that's something you know? that Bud, your company has helped more retailers in paintball than anyone else. Um and, and even Tom, some some of the automags, like when you guys ship them in a box, there's your gun. But there's no ASA on the bottom. Some guns don't have regs. Um and right out of the box you kind of have to put it together you have to say to your local retail store that where you bought it from hey i want to finish this gun i want to put an asa on the bottom maybe i want an on and off asa maybe i want to drop forward you know so the 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 man you know the retailer had uh the customer come back every couple of weeks with the ability to add upgrades you know and you know maybe it's a new aftermarket three-way for the autococker or maybe it's uh you know, a different barrel or a, a new a new bolt. I mean, War Games products kept a lot of retailers busy for a here, long time. Here, here's something for you guys, both of you to think about. Not necessarily a challenge, but you know, this is the we're coming. 2021 will be the 40th anniversary of the first ever paintball game being played. You, you should both make a limited edition 40th anniversary paintball 
you know, you could make, Tom could make an, uh, an auto mag and, and Bud could make a 20, a 40th birthday um, uh, autococker. That would be kind of a neat thing. Do them in limited numbers. Not, you don't want to obviously lose your shirt. You want to make a little bit of money, but it might be fun for you. And Tom, if you start tinkering, you might come up with a mag fed auto mag. People would dig that. Oh, yeah. it, my, uh, Tom could do that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Yeah. The problem is you can't make low volume anymore, right? We don't have it, it you know, and Bud uh, will confirm this too. You know, if I wanted to go make a couple dozen of something. Oh, it, it would be extortionate. A fortune, yeah. you know? Or a collaboration. Can't you just 3D Ooh, print? worlds <laughs> There you go. 40th anniversary collaboration, taking the best of California and the best of Arizona. The Bud Arizona. or Tom K feud is over. <laughs> yeah. Even if you just made six of them, it'd be awesome. You guys are like the Hatfields and McCoys. People don't realize it, but Tom had a lot to do with some of the things that I built, and I had a little bit to do with some of the things he built. So, you know, if you really look at the early guns, what trigger frame was on them? You know, the first ones. You know, it um, it was mine. So, but I mean, he started making his own, but we. You know, the, the whole thing of it is that, that Tom and I work together yep. on a lot of projects. There's a lot of people in the industry would make bad parts for my gun. And I would, I would call them up. I'd say, you know, okay, I'll give you the drawing. You know, just make good parts. I don't care what you're making. And they say, well, why are you doing that? I said, I want you to make good parts because if your part fails, it isn't your part failed, the gun failed. So now it's, now it's back on me. Yeah. And a lot of times I would make the parts, put their name on it and give it to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sell it to them real cheap. And, and, and there's a lot of people got, I mean, people go out and buy it. It's the same damn thing I was making, but it looked different. Yeah. And, and naturally it worked better, right? Yeah. So. Hey, uh, Devin Schwartz in the live chat says, what about an autococker mag RT? <laughs> I, I was just thinking of that myself. <laughs> uh, uh, Robert, I wanna, go ahead. Going to be illegal in tournaments everywhere. <laughs> so this question is for each of you, Bud and Tom. What is the product you are both most proud of? And not proud of. Let's put okay, that out okay. there too. No, no, no. Let's Since go you the, stomped the, on go, my question before. Sure. Let's go with the positive first. <laughs> what is the, uh, what is the product that you're most proud of? Uh, we'll start with you, Tom. The, the, the product I'm most proud of was the RT valve, right? Uh, if you, if you went through and I, if I sat down with you and went through how that valve worked to recharge that fast, uh, you you would have to be saying, wow, that's a really different way to do it. Um, Only it a, a guy in a lab coat could do that. that. It took a team of people to come up with it yeah. and uh, and to work out the bugs. The the concept was fairly easy, but the shoot, you know, there was a shoot down problem with our guns and uh, we wanted to eliminate the shoot down problem. So how do you do that? Well, I ended up making a gun that shoots up, right, which was another problem. But uh that is the trickiest, most intricate, most novel design of anything that I did. So I'm most proud of that, even though it was not the most uh, successful, yeah. uh, you know, product. 
And what about the worst? Have we talked the, about uh, it already? I freak out when I say this. The X Mag. Really? The I was, I thought you were going to say the Z Grip. No. Why no, the, the X Mag? It's his question. He's an X Mag. I know you're a Cocker fan, but stop trying to piss him off. <laughs> why? Why the X Mag, Tom? Why the X Mag? Because I almost had nothing to do with it. Right. I never saw a blueprint for it. Mm. So uh, John Sosta was the one that cooked up the whole X mag thing in England. And the, you know, people liked them and the ball got rolling and he just kept making them. And if we had problems, we just would tell him this is the problem and he would do something to fix it. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, so I had no control over what was going on with that thing, but people loved them, but so we did them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that was the one that, you know, was probably, it's probably the flagship of the whole thing at this point. Um, uh, but I had very little to do with it. Yeah. Very little to do with it. So, All right. Yeah, so, Bud, what's your most prized uh, product and what what is what is not? I, I think the sniper pump is my my prize. I mean, I love that. I still, I still got number one. And Jeez. I fired up right now. I still shoot 285. And I have never, ever had the valve out of it, ever. So that's my best. And the worst, I would think the Ranger, you know, and um, because I was trying to help a guy out. um, What was the guy's name, the black guy in uh, Chicago, Tom, that that made, um, God, I can't think of the name of him. I got a couple of them. Oh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, um his gun and the gun never made the marketplace and um and so this friend of mine had all the all the trigger frames so i made i made the ranger to fit them trigger frames you know and uh every every gun i sold to um this guy i made him for uh, i lost three bucks so (laughs) (laughs) okay yes Hey. He hammered me down so much. Oh man, I gotta have a cheaper net. So I just it was in that real early days. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, what did I you think, think Bud? What did you think when you heard that a bunch of guys from the UK put together a grip that fit on your gun uh, to make it electronic, and all you had to do was drill out the body, and you can have this electronic gun or electronic gr- gun now with with eyes on it. Did you know that was coming out? Did they ask you for anything, or did they just kind of bring it to the market and you saw it? No, they they we worked on it. We um, no, they did. Nobody really ever just. Well, there's one guy did, but um, he passed away a few years back. But um, um, most everybody worked with me. You That's know, great. with with anything. Yeah. You know, the the actual first electronic gun that I made was a friend of mine um, made it here and he didn't make that many of them, but he probably made a couple of dozen hmm. and he had a couple of in, bunch of engineers working on it. Wow. And, um, you know, I go uh, off road with him all the time still. Wow. But, uh, very well, smart guy. When but, the guys at Planet Eclipse came out with the E1, the, the, the electronic grip for the Cocker, that was from a retailer standpoint, when Joe and I saw those come through our our our, um, our store, we thought, okay, we might sell one or two of these. But they were a hot item. P- 
People would come in every week with their paycheck. They would buy it. They'd ask ask us to drill out the body and install it for them. And they were taking an already awesome platform and now making it electronic. At that time, that was a huge game changer. Yeah, it was. And um, when Bob Long got a hold of it, you know, he he really liked it. And um, I said, Bob, you know, you and I know if it's got electric battery in it you can cheat with it so oh no 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 <laughs> they, oh no that's just bullshit you know it's yeah. and shit he, he had he had people working on the board by the next day i think so you so. meant you bring up bob long would there would, would bob long be considered a friend of you and tom would you guys you guys go way back oh he's, he's a good friend of mine yeah no bobby is yeah I don't have any. I I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any bad friends, you know. Palmer. People say, "Oh, Palmer hates you." You know, he's one of my best friends. I mean, I love the guy. I mean, he. Um, you know, he he picks on me once in a while, but that's okay because if I didn't make what I made, then he wouldn't be rich either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, everybody benefited off of my platform, and and I love that. You know, I had 360 people, companies making parts for my gun. 360. Wow. When I sold my company. Wow. I got to bring this up. Joe and I um, are, are, are big fans. Actually, all of us are big fans of the of the, of the VTF or the, the tactical autococker, the VTF. That was that your design? Was that who who put that one together? I, I, I know it's an autococker. They dressed it up with some Oracle stuff. But it was a really exciting marker, or gun, or it was my son. Yeah, uh, Jeff, you know Jeff and Rob. Well, there was quite a few people in the company got got involved in it. But um, Jeff with the spearhead on it, and um, uh, Jeff Jeff has got a most incredible mind for for design. I mean, you should see some of the cards we build and some of the suspensions he puts out. It's just you know, I was good, but I mean, he blows my mind. I mean, today he does. So what you're you know. saying, Bud, is we should have him on the show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he's so quiet. He just, he stays to himself, you know, yeah. he's, but he's a, a great designer and he, that's his, that's his baby. And along with a couple other guys, I think. Too. I have a question for Tom. Going back to what you were talking about with the X-Mag, how you had very little involvement with it, off the top of your head, what are some of the improvements that you would have done as opposed to um, John overseas? An actual question. Well, the, you know, when you're producing a product, uh, I my tendency was to make things and put all the complexity into one or two parts. Right? There's a couple of reasons for that. Then you only have to focus on making the one or two parts right. And then it's also very hard for people to copy it. You know, nobody's made a duplicate automag in the last 30 years, right? It's, it's just hard to do. So uh, that was a strategy. Now, had I been listening to my friend Bud on marketing, <laughs> the approach of marketing to have pieces that are interchangeable and replaceable, much better strategy, right? Much better strategy. So it wasn't until the 2000s that we actually started coming out with a bigger variety of stuff. But... I'm never, you know, when, when we produce a product, it's very specific. You know, we have very specific tolerances. 
We have very specific QC. We have a lot of very specific things that we go through. And if you show me a product, uh, and I don't know that it's been through all that, it's just not how I work. It's not to say the product was bad. It's just that it makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't understand the details or not. I can't verify the details behind it. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the deal. Yeah. Here, right. That's the deal. Yeah. Hey, um, I have to apologize to our, uh, our 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 viewers and our sponsors real quick. We've let an hour lapse. We haven't had an opportunity to, to ask a lot of your questions. And we also haven't said uh, a, a big thank you to our sponsors, uh, GI Sports, AirUps, Ruthless, Altam, uh, Altama, sorry, Exalt, Plant Eclipse, Enola Gay, Ninja, and Lux. Guys, if it wasn't for these companies, Behind the Bunker wouldn't be on the air. And they help support and grow paintball by keeping us on the air to educate people in the sport of paintball. So, guys, as much as this is a blatant plug right now, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. So try to, you know, try to give them a like on Facebook, find some of their products. I mean, I guarantee because we were able to choose our sponsors, guys, I guarantee you're already using some of their products because they're the best in the industry. Second only, of course, to Airgun Designs and Wargame products, of course. Uh, but these products, guys, are the leaders in the industry. So please help support them because they are supporting the industry. So thank you to all those guys. Um, Tom? Yeah, if it wasn't for AGG, I would not be in the sport today. My first marker was nice. a, a mini mag. But nice. didn't you say you liked Viking over the mini mag? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. Um, so, Tom and Bud, I thank you very much for being on the show. It is, it, it's an hour uh, has passed. Um, we could probably go on with you guys for two more hours and would love to do so, but I think we probably should end this uh, end this now. Any other final thoughts, um, guys, before we let these guys go? I mean, there's lots of things we could be asking them right now, but, uh, and Joe, your mic's off again. That's turning on now. I'm really looking forward to the 40th anniversary um, auto mag and auto cocker as well. That'll be or sniper, <laughs> 40th anniversary sniper. Yeah. Really looking forward for the uh, paintball's 40th. So Yeah, for sure. Well, what we're going to do here, guys, we're going to say goodbye, but don't go anywhere. Tom, thank you for being on the program tonight. Thank you for, for agreeing yeah, to do man. this. Awesome. And Thanks, Bud... Thank you for being on the show as well. Well, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. You know, and it's great being here. And I love seeing Tom, uh, all you guys. Very good. You do a great job in your sponsors. I, th I think I use everything that you just, all your sponsors have. So I appreciate that. So th thank you, bud. Um, guys, don't go anywhere. Um, thank you to Josh, Joe, Matt, and Gavin for being on the program. I'm going to have a quick heart out, but uh, we'll... Um, We'll see you guys, I guess, next week. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Remember, we're live every Monday night and Saturday night, and this show will go up on YouTube, Facebook, and as a podcast. So, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>